The reading this morning is taken from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 to 20. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Hi there everyone, so good to be with you today, and I do hope you're looking forward to some cautious hugging from Monday. Last week, Stuart began a, a new series of sermons called Thy Kingdom Come. And he began by looking at the great truth of the priority of the kingdom of God and how Jesus kept coming back in his teaching to talk about the kingdom. I'd actually go a little bit further and would say that the whole Bible can be best understood by thinking of the kingdom of God from the beginning of Genesis all the way through to the end of Revelation. In fact, I'm going to be doing a series of five Monday evenings beginning in June, looking at an overview of the Bible. And the overarching theme I have is the kingdom of God. It makes sense of all the different kinds of writing over so many thousands of years. I do hope some of you will be able to join me on those evenings. That's the plug. Now, in this first sermon last week, Stuart stressed two aspects of the kingdom. Firstly, the personal response of individuals needing to accept Jesus as their king, God as their king. But secondly, he pointed out how there was a communal element to the kingdom of God. And that we, the church, are called to work together for God's purposes in the kingdom. And that is good news. Our job is to extend God's rule. And Christianity doesn't rob us of life. Actually, it brings life in all its fullness so that we may enjoy God as he intended. We can be confident of that. Now, not surprisingly, the good news brings opposition from people who don't want to live under God's rule, but want to continue in rebellion against God's kingdom. Moreover, there are spiritual forces at work wanting to keep people bound in their sin and selfishness. Eventually, of course, we are assured that God's kingdom has the victory. But for now, there is a spiritual battle 
between these forces for evil and the kingdom of God. And that's the context of our passage this morning, Ephesians 6. Please make sure you have it open either in your Bibles or on your phone as we look at those few verses from verse 18 to 20. Always important to look at the context and many Christians will be familiar with Ephesians chapter 6 and the picture of a Christian as a soldier and the importance of putting on the full armour of God. Indeed, I know uh, friends who take this fairly literally, albeit metaphorically, and as they get dressed in the morning, put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. But an army works together. Individual soldiers must obey orders of their commanding officer, but it is for the benefit of the whole. And again, this shows both our individual need to have God as king and our corporate commitment to his kingdom purposes. The armour is mainly defensive against the attacks of the enemy. But the apostle comes on to the offensive weapons. There are two. Firstly, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, verse 17. But secondly, prayer. And we've got into our verses individually and corporately, if we are get to behind, get to get behind the purposes of God and the kingdom, we need kingdom prayer. Probably says more about me than anything, but I was struck as I read these few verses, how many words in our translation begin with the letter A. And I'm going to make each of my three points begin with A as a result, hoping that that will be easier for you and me to remember them. And firstly is the word all. Did you notice the repetition of the word all really four times just in verse 18? Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayer and requests. Always keep on praying for all God's people, not just the ones you like or appreciate. Christian prayer is wonderfully comprehensive. We are to pray at all times, both regularly and constantly with all kinds of prayer, short prayers and long ones, extempore and carefully crafted prayer, thanksgiving and intercession, adoration and confession, silent and aloud, contemplative 
and exuberant. The list is endless. God has made us with varied personalities and varied ways of praying, different characteristics and spiritualities. Let's not look down on the way others pray, but learn from them and bless them. God loves them and hears all these different kinds of prayer. I remember when I first arrived as Dean of Coventry at the turn of the century, finding the liturgical prayers a bit tedious and formal compared to what I was used to. But I grew to love and appreciate the carefully crafted collects of our Book of Common Prayer and Thomas Cranmer. I remember learning from the Christians in South Korea, which I visited uh, in the 1990s on one of my sabbaticals. I had arrived late, midweek, and uh, due to jet lag wasn't able to sleep. So I got up about midnight and went downstairs uh, to have a look at the great worship facility building next door and to my surprise even at that night people young people were streaming in so i joined the crowds and i found myself surrounded by thousands of young people it was the weekly prayer night for the 20s and 30s I didn't understand the word, but as well as a leader giving some instructions and presumably things to pray about, by and large, we then spent great swathes of time simply praying out loud all together. And we were accompanied by a great man hitting a gong, a bit like a Arthur Rank film. It was new and strange to me, but very striking. I slipped away after an hour and a half or so and eventually got some sleep. This church in Seoul had actually bought a mountain for people to go and pray. I, I went out there a few days later and I was struck by different ways of praying many individuals and groups of two and three in caves just praying away quietly i was walking through the undergrowth and uh, suddenly i heard the most frightening sound i thought someone was being attacked so very cautiously i pushed my way through the forest and uh, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to find and I certainly didn't really want to get involved unless I had to. And I came across three young men on their knees crying out to God. I was struck down and tiptoed away, conscious that I was on holy ground. I left South Korea a few days later 
very much aware that there was a great deal that wasn't going to transfer culturally back to the church in West London where I was serving, but struck by their commitment to prayer. No wonder God was mightily at work there. A country that had very few Christians at the turn of the 19th century to a place now where over 50% of the population are born-again Christians. Sending out missionaries all over the world to take the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, to others. A little bit later, I, uh, I went to Hong Kong and there I saw a different kind of prayer. Prayer in the walled city for drug addicts, encouraged to pray away in tongues. That was what got them off their addiction and through cold turkey. You know, our church, <coughs> Holy Trinity, has a great history of prayer, going all the way back to Charles Simeon. You know that uh, after his conversion, he used to get up every morning at four o'clock and spend four hours meditating on scripture and praying away. I myself remember some wonderful weeks of prayer when I was there 10 years ago. And then it was great to see the huge wave of prayer for Rupert and Ollie Charkham when they were struck down by the virus. And it's been so good coming back to join the WhatsApp prayer group, see so many different people praying and the regular prayer gatherings. There have been some horrible results of the pandemic. But one response, which must have taken the enemy by surprise, has been the fresh commitment to prayer. It's been so good to meet on Zoom from the comfort of our homes and pray away together. Let's not lose that as we come out of lockdown. This coming week of regular opportunities during Thy Kingdom Come to pray together is a great opportunity to do just that, to pray for kingdom purposes, knowing that up and down the country, many other Christians are also praying. The second word that struck me was alert. Look at verse 18 again. With this in mind, be alert. A key characteristic of a, of a good soldier is alertness, keeping awake on duty. There's no, nothing so unhelpful for a soldier as to fall asleep when he should be on guard. Like for, likewise for us as, as Christ's soldiers on kingdom duties, we need to stay alert in prayer. Jesus himself emphasised the need for watchfulness in view of both the unexpectedness of his return and the onset of temptation. 
You remember how Jesus, just before he was betrayed and led off for his torture and mock trial, he asked the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane to watch and pray. He returned to find them asleep. And he commented that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh hasn't changed, has it? Sleep is good and important, but so is prayer. Try and keep both sleep and prayer uninterrupted. Turn the computer off, move the phone away. The apostles continued with that emphasis. Be on your guard and stand firm, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians. And Peter warns us, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion to see for someone to devour. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. That's why it's so good to pray with others. Individually, we may be discouraged and picked off by the enemy, but there is great gain in praying together. We learn from others. We are stimulated by the way others pray. We're encouraged by others. I remember as a newly ordained curate joining the staff team at HTB where I was serving. I thought I knew quite a bit about prayer. I'd been a Christian for a little while. I'd done a, a theology degree at Oxford. I uh, had done a particular study of Paul's prayers. But as I prayed with these others, particularly my training incumbent, John Collins, I learned so much more about prayer. Where will you learn more about prayer? By praying with other Christians in your home group? At church prayer gatherings, yes. Meeting with other Christians to read the Bible and to pray together. Perhaps a prayer partnership or or prayer triplet, whatever it is, make a point of meeting with others and praying together. You'll be able to stay alert much longer and much better in the company of other prayer warriors and so further the kingdom of God. The third word is ambassador. Verses 19 and 20. Paul goes on to pray, Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly and boldly. <laughs> My hay fever season has started. The Bible tells us that we are all ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 
and verse 20. What is an ambassador? Well, I looked it up. An ambassador can be defined as an important dignitary accredited by, accredited by the government and sent as a permanent representative to a foreign country. They represent and speak not their own views, but those of the government that sent them. As Christians now, our citizenship is in heaven. Our present national identity and place of residence is a temporary thing. We represent God Almighty and his kingdom government alone. And so we have a duty to make the good news known in the foreign country occupied at the moment that we live in. At work, in our neighbourhood and amongst our family. But we have confidence in that kingdom and its rule. See yourself, therefore, as an ambassador for Christ and wonder at the privilege of such an exalted appointment and position. But it's also clear here that we ought particularly to pray for those given special responsibility. The Apostle's request is, pray for me in this role. Who in our day might this apply to? Who in our church ought we particularly to be praying for? Well, I guess God will lay different people on different folks' hearts. But then I would also suggest that we all ought to be praying, especially for our leaders. You have a wonderful staff team here at HT who give themselves sacrificially for you. Don't take that for granted. Pray for them and pray for your new vicar. It was great to see how much prayer was going on in the lead up to identifying whom God was calling to this role. It would be all too easy for that prayer to slacken off now. Rather, it should increase. The Church of England in general and Holy Trinity in particular will face all sorts of difficulties and challenges in the coming years. There's going to be huge pressure to compromise on the gospel, on the kingdom. Pray for Stuart and all the church leadership and all evangelists that the right words would be given them so that they will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray for all our leaders that they may stay true to kingdom principles. The easing of lockdown seems close in the UK now and vaccines seem to be winning. 
But whatever happens, we are Christ's ambassadors, given this extraordinary privilege and responsibility of representing Jesus and getting behind his kingdom purposes. Yes, we have different giftings and callings, but we can all pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayer requests. So let's do it. Let's do some now. And back to you, Ollie.